Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 128 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story? Much has been made about the race to develop a vaccine and who will win it. But being first isn't the only thing that matters in the rush to inoculate us from COVID-19. But first, here's what happened in virus news today. All of the U.S. government programs set to offset the economic hit from the coronavirus are about to expire. More than $2 trillion in government spending was approved to support hard-hit businesses and unemployed people earlier this year. Now, leaders face an urgent set of decisions about whether to extend history's biggest rescue effort. The Trump administration wants another relief bill, with a price tag of no more than $1 trillion, before lawmakers leave for summer recess in early August. The Democrat-controlled House already approved additional measures worth $3.5 trillion, but Republicans who have a Senate majority oppose many of them. New York City is ready to enter the fourth and final phase of reopening Monday. Mayor Bill de Blasio said. Zoos, botanical gardens, and outdoor movie production can resume, but indoor dining, museums, and malls will remain closed. Hospitalizations in the state of New York dropped to a four-month low, and fewer than 1% of residents tested Thursday were positive for coronavirus. New York was once the epicenter of the U.S. crisis. And finally, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp's edict forbidding local governments to mandate mask wearing capped a week of turmoil in the state. Although still lagging behind Florida, Texas, and Arizona, Georgia's COVID-19 cases are surging. On Thursday, Kemp's administration followed his mask-voiding order with a lawsuit seeking to block Atlanta's requirement. It was another example of him hindering local efforts, making him an outlier among Southern governors who have rolled back reopenings in the face of surging infection rates. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. 
Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. And now for today's main story. An experimental COVID vaccine from Australia joined almost two dozen candidates in clinical trials this week. Development-wise, it's months behind some of the frontrunners. But Bloomberg senior editor Jason Gale explains that speed isn't everything when it comes to fighting the pandemic. The global effort to vaccinate humanity against the coronavirus is a bit like a Formula One race. There are all kinds of teams and various models in the race against the pandemic. But in this case, the winner might necessarily be the fastest. We need vaccines that are not only safe and effective at protecting against COVID-19, we also want ones that provide durable protection, hopefully measured in years, not months. We also want immunizations that are affordable and easy to administer and can be manufactured on a massive scale so that all 7.8 billion of us can be protected. Meeting all of these requirements is a tough ask, and speed is only part of the challenge. You probably already know some of the teams in the COVID vaccine race. Out in front are Moderna and its partner, the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, then there's the University of Oxford and AstraZeneca. Plus, Merck, GlaxoSmithKline and Johnson & Johnson are there, along with Sinovac and CanSino Biological, speedy contenders from China, just to name a few. In fact, as of July 13, the World Health Organization counted 23 candidates in human clinical trials, plus 137 in earlier preclinical studies. Time will tell which team and whose scientific approach will prevail. One recent addition to the Clinical Trial League is the University of Queensland. Here in Australia, it's known as UQ. So the University of Queensland has a, has a rich history. It's, we're, we're over 100 years old. Uh, it ha- has a particularly rich history in, in medicine, and uh, uh, I guess everybody would uh, know about the Gardasil vaccine. This is Professor Paul Young. He's the head of the University of Queensland School of Chemistry and Molecular Biosciences. UQ's pioneering research almost 30 years ago led to the human papilloma vaccine that's protected millions of women against cervical cancer. More recently, UQ scientists have broken ground on another aspect of vaccine science. They call it the molecular clamp. The biology is a little complicated. In essence, some viruses, like the coronavirus, change their appearance after they latch onto a cell they're trying to infect. It enables these pathogens to evade detection by the immune system, and that's not good. So Paul's team figured out a way of training the immune system to recognise the virus early, before it's infected cells. It's something they've been working on for almost a decade. We applied it to influenza, we we applied it to Ebola, uh, to MERS, another coronavirus, uh, similar to uh, COVID-19, and mumps, measles, so a wide range of uh, different viruses that we demonstrated that this technology could, could work with. And we took a number of those through 
into animal protection studies and showed they induced a good immune response and, and could afford protection to those animals who are challenged with live virus. One of the good things about the molecular clamp is that it can be tailored to work against a number of different diseases, including ones we don't yet know about. That made it attractive to the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, or CEPI, which gave Paul and his team $15 million to continue developing the molecular clamp platform. CEPI is a foundation set up in 2017, with funding from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the governments of Norway and India, and the Wellcome Trust. It works to accelerate the development of vaccines against emerging infectious diseases and to make them broadly accessible. The objective of the grant was to develop three vaccines um, as demonstrators of our platform. Uh, an influenza, a respiratory syncytial virus one, so we could compare our platform with other approaches, but also an emerging disease, which just happened to be MERS. We chose MERS quite fortuitously because obviously as a coronavirus, um, what we learnt with MERS we were able to apply uh, to, uh, to COVID when it came on the scene. In fact, even before they knew that the coronavirus was going to cause a pandemic, they started work on a vaccine against it, in part to see if they could. We didn't know how far we'd take that process. We just wanted to give, our, give ourselves a little bit of a stress test ourselves. I have to say, like many people back in early January, no one anticipated that um, uh, SARS-CoV-2 would spread um, as far as it did or as far as it has and still spreading um, globally and having the impact that it's had. A vaccine candidate was constructed within 24 hours of the virus's genetic sequence being published. Over the next three to four weeks, we tested uh, about 250 different variants of that. And uh, within that four-week period, we'd uh, chosen our lead candidate. But also within that period, in fact, it was only about 10 days after um, uh, we got the sequence, CEPI got in touch with us to say that they would like to trigger us as um, one of the groups that they would support in, in developing a vaccine all the way through. Starting last Monday, about 120 adult volunteers in Brisbane are participating in an initial study of the vaccine to check that it's safe and induces a sufficiently strong immune response. We're highly confident because we've already gone through immunogenicity studies in mice and shown that our vaccine induces extremely high levels of neutralising antibody, higher than any I've seen in other corresponding uh, uh, vaccine approaches. UQ delayed starting human trials until lab studies demonstrating safety and efficacy were completed. In the meantime, it's worked with various research groups and Melbourne-based pharmaceutical company CSL to accelerate manufacturing. In fact, CSL began figuring out how to make large amounts of the vaccine material well before the experimental shot had entered initial human studies. Just because we, we need the program to go as rapidly as possible, This is Dr. Andrew Cuthbertson. He's an executive director at CSL, and until a few weeks ago, he was also the company's chief scientist. CSL is one of the world's biggest makers of blood-based therapies. It's also the parent company of Securus, which makes flu vaccines. We believe we could make somewhere between 15 to 50 million doses by the end of this calendar year. And we could make something like 100 million doses over the next 12 months. Now, I think we will have those millions of doses available, but they won't be available for mass vaccination of the community until we've generated the clinical trial data to support a license for the vaccine. 
In technical terms, the candidate vaccine contains a recombinant protein stabilized into a trimeric form of the spikes on the outside of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Plus, it has Securus's M59 adjuvant that makes flu shots more effective in the elderly. The chemical is designed to stimulate a better immune response to vaccines. Andrew says it will bolster production of so-called helper T-cells, as well as reduce the amount of vaccine needed in each shot. And therefore, we can potentially make more doses, which may be critical. Never have so many scientists worked so hard at the same time to produce a vaccine against a completely new virus. The stakes are high, and so are the risks. Being fast is definitely an advantage, but the real winners will be those who produce a safe and effective immunisation that can save the most lives from this insidious disease. Lucky for us, we've never had so many teams using so many different approaches, racing to beat a single common enemy. That was Jason Gale in Melbourne. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Jason Gale. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Schein and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.